Welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast, the show where we share stories and powerful conversations with people who have been through their journey from pain to freedom. What's your spirituality? Is it a super asset and your superpower? We want to help you find clarity. Listen to this episode so that you can learn more about how to do that and enjoy the spirit of success in your life as you define it. Here is your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie. Leah, welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast. Again, it is a true honor to have you on here. Um, I invited you back on here because um, as of last year, we were counting down the top six downloaded episodes for the whole year, and your episode made that list. And I had this feeling it'd be really cool to have you back on, all six of you back on. So thank you so much for joining me today. Well, uh, thank you. What a great idea. I'm very honored to be back and sharing this space with you again, Tracy. Perfect. And we had a really great episode. So we talked about um, loneliness a lot. And we also talked about shame and intimacy. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you gave us the four different types of intimacy, mm-hmm. which was really, really cool. And that has actually personally helped me. So I just want to thank you so much for that. But the main point of this episode is really for you to update us on what has been the biggest change for you since we connected for that first time? Oh, thanks. Yeah, those intimacy points are really helpful for awareness, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, so for me, what's changed the most probably, I can start personally, is this week we actually finally have a date of when I'm going to see my boyfriend again because for the last two years we haven't been able to see each other. He's been in Australia and Canada. And so the significance of why I'm sharing this is because I haven't heard from anybody in terms of speaking about the weight and the energy that's required in anticipating something so intensely because we've built such a strong foundation in our relationship with the emotional and communicative and healing aspect of our relationship as much as we could from a distance perspective. But now to reacquaint ourselves physically, it's really shaking up my grounding energy. And so I'd say that's probably the biggest change happening that's this week for me is just this anticipation and how, because we're only one being, my energy is really, um, it feels very kind of frantic, a little bit sporadic, and I don't really feel as grounded and calm as I normally am, but I'm enjoying that chaos because I'm observing it and I'm seeing it come and go. And so that's got to be the biggest difference between last year and this year is I was in much more of a calm, grounded, kind of surrendering place where I was able to uh, understand what my goals and what my intentions were and just knowing that when we'd see each other would come. So I was able to focus on my business and family and relationship outside of uh, my core relationship. But now I'm focusing on my core relationship and I'm just noticing the excitement building me. So it's quite exciting. Yeah. And um, something that I wanted to reflect back to you is like, you talked about not feeling grounded. And I remembered a time I didn't even know what grounded was. And that was my reality. And you, you, you even said the word chaos. And sometimes it felt that way. So I think it's so beautiful to have that contrasting experience of groundedness. It sounds like serenity, right? <laughs> Just from what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And then to also yeah. feel ungrounded, um, it's such a gift to like to know that we're capable of both 
and even in your ungroundedness, you, you still feel grounded. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I guess there is a power and a strength in the awareness of it. That's for sure. Yeah. It's It feels chaotic actually just trying to articulate boundaries without having a tangible reason. Yeah. That's the part that feels very chaotic and new to me. But I'm exploring. So thank you for reflecting that back. <laughs> yeah. And it feels like there's a sense of grace to what you're doing because you're aware of it, but you're allowing yourself mm -hmm. to go through it. Very much so. And you're dropping the resistance, which is like the whole, like for me, I've noticed that the resistance is the suffering part. Mm -hmm. It sure is. So instead of it being suffering and chaotic and that, it, it's chaotic and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which I just want to commend you for, because like I, we even talked, I mean, when we connected the like first time, I knew that you couldn't see him at all. Um, and now with this anticipation, I, I, I'm just so curious, you know, like, cause you, you know, we haven't seen people. So the whole physical interaction thing is new. And then with your intimate partner is like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole other mm -hmm. level. So I just want to commend you for that. So, so thank you for, you know, getting us updated on sort of where you are now. Um, have you noticed any of the tools that you um, collected or maybe built upon in 2021 helping you through this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in our last conversation, I really spoke about getting out in nature. And I think you even spoke about, you know, where you're placing your hands on trees mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So living next to Stanley Park was a tremendous gift of grounding energy and just focusing on my awareness. So for example, a couple of the tools I would use when I was out there that I still use when I'm in nature is what am I noticing? What's moving? And by noticing what I'm noticing, I slow down to the present moment by asking what's moving when it seems like nothing's moving because there isn't a breeze or anything. I'm slowing down. My subconscious slows down. The mental cadence of the busyness slows down to really look at and pay attention to what's barely moving. And I go into just a calmer space and I feel my breath slow and I feel just more grounded. And so that level of observation has been a tool that helped me show up for myself so that I could show up for other people consistently throughout the last year. Um, I love that. <laughs> that is such a powerful tool because just as you were saying that I did that and it was like my breath is what was moving. Mm -hmm. that is really cool and like you said having the space and, ca and capacity to show up for yourself is what allows you to show up for other people so um mm -hmm. that's so awesome so thank you for sharing that um you just have the best tools eh <laughs> <laughs> it's it's survival it's survival no just yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but I guess like my final question is um what are you looking forward to in 2022 and just for like, you know, big picture or like small picture or whatever's coming to you, what are, are you looking forward to? And what do you think is going to be a major trend for 2022? Mm. Well, 2022, I'm actually moving to Sydney, Australia. So I'm very excited to live in summertime most of the time. <laughs> so wow. my whole world is literally flipping upside down, trading hemispheres. <laughs> literally. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So it'll be wonderful to... Uh, build a life down there. And what it's also doing is I've had so much trajectory and growth. I've doubled my revenue this year for my new business. And we did five executive retreats this year. 
And it was so phenomenal to see leaders that lead other leaders connect with their inner child, Mm. to forgive themselves, to understand that triggers are actually our own responsibility and just a reflection of our own reality and not actually the responsibility of the person that's quote unquote triggers us. And so through these retreats and seeing some of these leaders do this deep healing work, it was such a gift for me to see how important it is to show up for others in a state of being whole. And that can change. I can be in a state of being whole today and not tomorrow because it is truly a state like a lot of the emotions that we face. However, what it really showed me by seeing this over and over again with all these leaders was being in a state of whole is a true sense of belonging because it's understanding that the healing that I do is going to change my view on reality. And that's going to change how I show up for other people. And the only way that that's going to happen is if I deeply love and trust myself. So that's the most powerful lesson I learned this past year was the more that I create deposits in my own trust piggy bank by keeping one promise to myself at least every single day, the more I naturally am going to trust myself and I'm going to love myself even more. And so when I love myself so much, I'm a magnet for loving others and it just keeps going and growing. And that's what I really that's what I really say is the reason that my business has grown so much. It's because I have really learned to love and trust myself more than I ever have. And I'm taking that lesson with me into next year down under. Wow. Yeah, that is, I agree with you that doing the the deep healing work and seeing people who lead others, first of all, learn how to like lead themselves Mm -hmm. through a process is probably one of the most rewarding for sure. And you know, it's interesting. I would say that self-trust, is probably the thing that changed for, for, for me that allowed me to really explore Mm. this year too, like just making a promise to yourself every day and like keeping it. Mm -hmm. It's so simple, but it's actually, it's like these tiny things that we overlook and we go to the big picture when it's like, these are the things that really, for me, they, these are what moves the, the needle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I really love that. Like for, for me, it's like a foundational piece now moving forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause if we don't trust ourselves, then other people aren't going to trust us either because we can feel that energy of mistrust. Just going back to the whole chaos. If you don't trust yourself, then you don't know what to trust. That's going to lead to just uncertainty and confusion and chaos all the time because we're just inundated with information. Mm-hmm. 24 seven, you know, so I, I even found the reflection on the outer to just be calm in the midst of chaos. Like no matter what's happening, I can really quickly find some sort of calm and peace. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. And I've been put in many different scenarios traveling the world um, this year. So um, it's actually helped me do that and like navigate with a sense of grace, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It absolutely does. Yeah. And so I know that the same thing's going to happen for you um, because you have these skills, you know, and you'll just attract what that, <laughs> what that attracts, right? Which is more mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That's my hope as well. <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt about it in my mind. So, um, so yeah, if there's anything else you want to add, feel free to do that. Um, if there's anything else that you think would benefit our listeners. 
only other thing I would say is that if there's anybody that's listening here that just doesn't know how to start doing the work, it's very, it gets harder before it gets easier. And so hearing Tracy speak and any of her other guests that come on here, I'm sure anybody would be willing to have a conversation to help you find a tool or two that really resonates with you. And when anybody offers a tool, when you start doing the work, do a little audit of how you feel around them first. Is it someone that you admire? Is there a connection there? Are you inspired by them? Because if you're not, then that tool isn't for you. Because there's a lot of unsolicited advice out there right now. And so that is a great way to check in with if you trust yourself is just what advice is actually relevant and rings true for you. And that's where the work starts. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's a really great tip. And like on my, from my perspective, that's like connecting your body to the experience that you're having. Um, Cause like you said, it's really easy to stay in your head and be like, oh, that sounds good. But I think what you're inviting people to do is does that feel good? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Because if, if it feels good in your body, that's where I believe truth lives. I don't think truth lives in my head. I believe that truth um, lives in my body. And so that's a really quick way, as you're saying, to help you connect to what's true for you and then build that trust based on the truth. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that's a, fen- a, a phenomenal tip. And that's something that I really want to help people do is be more body aware um, and connect to that as a tool for self-awareness, if that makes sense. So it sure does. Absolutely. Yeah. Our body doesn't lie to us, but our mind tricks us all the time. All the time. It's just, a, just, just a little sparky up there, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Leah, it has been an, a pleasure. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence again. As always, we will include her links in the show notes and I would love to connect with you once you're settled in Sydney and hear all about it. I'm sure we would love an update then too, but thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a fantastic move and holiday season and we'll chat with you soon. Bye. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. Steven, welcome back to Spirit of Success, the podcast. We are so happy and grateful to have you back here today. I'm really, really happy to be with you again. It's so nice to see you. It's so nice to see you too, because we haven't really connected since, and I've been meaning and I've wanted to reach out to you um, for some time, just because the... I just feel like you're one of those those people I can talk to about a really taboo topic, which we tackled, um, talking about death. So to be honest with you, it surprised me and didn't surprise me to see it in the top six episodes downloaded this year. Mm. The feedback I've been getting from people is just like, Steven sounds like an awesome guy. He just sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad I could fake that, you know. <laughs> oh my God. And just before we got on here, you just said that you're comfortable <laughs> with your limitations. And <laughs> literally, I was just dying of laughter before we got in here. I'm like, that's such a good line, you know, because we're human. Mm-hmm. And and I think yeah. that's something we brought to the episode is like, yes, we're talking about this big thing, death, which is really probably not that big. And we're human. And we're human. So right. Um, I was just telling you off um, off camera that we, I think we recorded this exactly a year ago. 
So that's, that's wild. wild, which is like completely wild to me. <laughs> but like I said, people are just, they really want to get to know you. I just have this feeling people want to get to know you more. There's not a lot about you online. Like I told you that when we first recorded. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, you know, what has changed for you since we recorded a year ago? Well, I had a concussion is the first thing I fell uh, on mm. ice and uh, hurt my head, uh, hurt my brain. And um I've learned uh, it was a gift from the universe to make me stop and slow down because I've been wow. uh, very, very tired. And so it gave me months, um, painful months, but good months of deep meditation, a lot of meditation, because I was sitting in the dark um, often as I was trying to get my brain uh reacclimated to light and stimulation but it, uh, concussions are a very interesting injury medical world has some difficulty um, figuring it out I have friends who are far worse than I and I really feel for them now because I can understand their plight or anyone that's had a concussion um, so I've learned a lot uh, from that I, I can only work um, part-time um, I'm still not up to full-time and I've had, I've just learned how gracious and giving uh, people are. Um, my manager, who I work for at the hospital, has been extremely, extremely kind. And it's a, it's a real gift to meet people like that and to be with people like that and all my teammates as well at the hospital. So I felt a tremendous amount of gratitude, I have to say, that that's because I was surprised at how pushy I was with myself. I was not a good patient. I was mm. like, okay, I'm over, you know, I'm yeah. done with this. Okay, now I'm better. No, I'm not. Damn, you know, like it was just this uh, mm. frustration um, and impatience I had with the healing process. And now I am completely at um, comfortable with and accepting of rest the importance of rest listening to your body uh, the body really can say no uh, no matter what our will will say and so i've learned that humbling lesson um, probably about 10 times this year so yeah so yeah so that wow that's been a big lesson i would say for this year um along with the uh I'd say my second big lesson of the year is in the exploration of um, psychedelics, the, the work that's going on with psychedelics and mental health. Um, and I think it's a, a wonderful, um, and I am truly also grateful for the fact that it's coming back into, um, I think, as a treatment uh, potential for people both above ground and underground there's there's always been a big underground world of it but now it's like we're learning from indigenous people who have been doing it for thousands of years that it needs a ceremony it needs like a beginning a middle and an end um, the opportunity to integrate um, the experiences and so i'm really up here we're still on in canada we're still limited in what we can do um, and how we do it we do need the medical community and i'm meeting really great docs you know people that get it and uh 
because as a mental health modality, we're just like flailing sometimes to help people. And I think this might be a good vehicle. In my particular case, I really am hopeful for it with palliative care. I think to have something that we can introduce uh, to give people an experience um, that we can talk about afterwards and, and work through, um, I think is a bonus. I'm really, I'm kind of eager to explore that. I don't know if I can do it in hospital. I'll probably have to do it in a private capacity, but um, I think that's an area that I can, I'm hopeful to be involved in. If the old noggin will allow me. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, cause I'm in the States right now and they're actually doing trials mm-hmm. um, in, in hospital yeah. um, with, with uh, veterans. So it's a mix of different things, but I think they were actually doing MDMA, yeah. which is, which is really cool. And I didn't, I, I didn't really get a chance to tell you this, but actually I did ayahuasca in July. Ah. Um, so when you talk about psychedelics and, and that, that being the like future, I mean, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, it changed my life period. Yeah. I mean, Did it? Yeah. that's, that's, that's part of the reason why I'm here and huh. I can do all these things is, is because it just, it gave me so much clarity. And we talked about my, um, mental health struggles. And I swear I did like 20 years of therapy in, in one session. And then I did it four days in a row. Wow. So, yeah. so I'm still in the integration phase of it for sure, but yeah. so many things are clear. So I am also a huge um, advocate and support for psychedelics, because like you said, when it's done with reverence and when it's done in, you know, with, with clear intentions, with the whole ritual aspect with that, could you talk about that beginning, middle, end? and it, it totally had that, you know, mm-hmm. um, but the type of skills that I learned are actually the things that we talk about. Um, in the like spiritual world all the time we talk about that non-attachment yeah no we talk about that letting go i mean not to get too deep but basically ayahuasca taught me how to die you know like the like process of learning how to do that and it being okay because we're constantly changing so Mm -hmm. something is is being reborn or transformed and i call that dying you know and it's just Mm. you can call it whatever you want but learning that process of letting go constantly 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 is i think the skill of the future Mm -hmm. you know because the differences we're aware of it yeah it wasn't like it wasn't happening that's right (laughs) the differences we're aware of it and that's the challenge right is to like learn how to live with that awareness so i just want to say that um thank you for sharing honestly what's been going on for you and then Mm -hmm. also your interest here because it's a it's it's a shared interest which is why i could go on about it but (laughs) i'm I'm so curious for you because you were talking about, you know, being a patient and kind of doing your own rehab. Did you incorporate sound therapy in your own healing process? I couldn't. Couldn't. No, my brain could not handle that. Interesting. Yeah, I tried. I couldn't sing, um, didn't tone, um, absolutely did not use the drums. Wow, Um, okay. uh, But but I did incorporate um, just uh, like a... A meditation I learned from Thich Nhat Hanh about using a bell. Ah. And so I would use a big bowl. It was a low sound. And I would just tap it. and Or I would have it on a guided meditation from, you know, an app. And I found um, that that uh, became deeper. That was part of the depth of the meditation I did through the winter and into the spring was... Um, came from a bell Mm. 
So I would say one one ring though, like yeah, <laughs> and then that's it, yeah, and that's it, and it would resonate for such a long time within that I can almost imagine a bell and and have the same connection because I also learned you know aligning the mind and the speech and the body and heart um, much more um, very much as a practice and um, also allowing the mind to be this mind not my mind but this mind and it's just Ah. the mind that's in the body this body and not my body so finding more of a steady practice of knowing that um, I, I'm an individual or an, or an individual thing. and uh, um, But I'm still part of the same um, source uh, that that is everything. And so I had that... Um, I, I learned a great phrase from uh, my Zen teacher. Um, so that's Sister Ting Kuang, uh, who's here in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And she gave this line. Let's see if I... I can remember it right because we were talking um i forget what the topic was now but the phrase was um we are a particular momentary concentration of of vast singular energy and i loved that collection of words like somehow it just it blew my mind when I heard it and I've, I wrote it down a bunch of times and I sort of posted it around my place and yeah. so I could see it regularly. And, <laughs> but I found that um, that also was really helpful in meditation was every time I heard the bell, I would connect with those words again. Mm. And uh, I found it um, very, very expanding, expansive and, uh, gave me a for some reason a good um, avenue for letting go more and uh, yeah so those are that was another big learning I had this year yeah I was gonna <laughs> say because there's one thing to like understand that in in your conscious mind right to have like a like that knowledge but to have that as an embodiment mm. And, and 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 experience that like oneness like you know I used to think I was a thing among things mm-hmm. You know, and then you realize like, wait a minute, like it's within me. And so, yes, I'm this individual or this piece of a greater whole. Mm -hmm. And in like in myself, I am whole, you know, that's how I know I'm a part of the greater whole, like that experience, which is partially what ayahuasca taught me to know that I am me, but also whole. And there's a part of this vast universe I'm a part of. That is a game changer when you have that lived experience in your body i don't know tell me if this is true your subconscious mind can't deny that anymore (laughs) you know you can't go on with the whole story of i'm a thing amongst things anymore like i couldn't play that story anymore because it didn't feel true no and and you can wrestle with it i mean it's not like that's why oh yeah 100 percent. but it uh there is a, a tone to it or a tome almost where it's um like you're saying it's it's really difficult to deny um, no matter how materialistic the argument is, you know, in terms of science or um, the ability to, to attempt to prove it. Um, uh, it still doesn't resonate. And I think it's at that level, you know, where the words kind of fail that um, 
that's where it resides. So I hear you. <laughs> and I think of like the people that have that deep inner knowing, it's mm. a frequency that they carry and you can feel it from them. And so no words are necessarily needed. At least this is my experience. I should just say that this is my experience. Yeah. People who know that I just, it's just, it's just a frequency and you just know it. Um, and there's no, there's no guilt or shame. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm just, I'm just hoping that more people become aware of it um, in this lifetime. So anyway, I, Me too. I'm going to not go there anymore because I could go deep there and I'm not, but um, the one thing that I would love for you to tell us is what are you looking forward to in 2022? I am looking forward to exploring those things I've learned this year more deeply and also to see if there's a true application of um, working with uh, people in palliative care using. And I think like I I was with a group that are um, working with ketamine. So we learned from Phil Mm -hmm. Wolfson, but also we have um, Mark Cornfield and Susan McBride up here that are teaching um, ketamine is uh, very is legal, useful, short term, a lot of um, mm-hmm. benefits. Um, so I'm interested in um, connecting with uh, physicians that we can um, try working with people that would like or are are struggling, you know, and and it's helpful in uh, treatment-resistant depression, as well as uh, I'd like to work with people with in palliative care um, with that. So that's my hope, um, mm-hmm. or that's what I'm looking forward to, and to continue to deepen the practice uh, within meditation practice and um, within myself. And um, st- I'm starting a new relationship, so I'm oh, very so happy. Exciting. Wonderful, wonderful soul. So I've I've also had to do a lot of trauma work within myself. So I would say uh, learning more about trauma, um, like Janina Fisher, uh, her kind of work, I think is um, really significant personally. And I see it so much um, in the hospital. So to be more skilled at that is something I, I'm striving for and working with. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to, and I'm hoping lots of people uh, will, um, if you are interested in any of those areas, younger people especially, and music is like so crucial. I don't know if you find that with ayahuasca, but man, it was absolutely absolutely it's it's crucial, it and I didn't even realize yeah. it, but music is a large large i mean there are certain songs where i was like struggling and that song will come on and it'll just like "Eh," like i'll just (laughs) it just there's just something that reminds me of that moment of that experience and yeah the like i didn't realize how much thought at least where i did it how much thought goes into the playlist and the music and it's very irritating sometimes but in a good way like it shakes some shit out you know what i mean like the cobwebs get, I mean, there's not, I mean, the whole experience is like intimate, right? But like, um, such an important part, the music. And at least that's where I went. They really emphasize that. Like, th- th- this is important. I mean, we had smoke, we had like all of yeah. it because it's all important um, for the whole experience. Um, like I said, for the traditions to to honor them in the way it was intended. Yeah. Um, but I learned, I mean, I learned so many things. It was crazy. 
Um, but music is a really, really huge. And even like the vibration, like there's so many things that, I mean, the floors that I did it, they were like springboarded floors. Oh. So when the shamans would, would be around and they would be, you know, stomping and dancing, you could actually feel yeah. the vibration. And then also when you start dancing, I would start stomping because I'm very like, I'm into all of my senses, right just being a body worker, yeah. right? So I would stomp and then feel the vibrations move through my body. And it was like, whoa, it was like a, such a different experience. So, and, and then I even know the song that I did that to and I can even feel it again. It's crazy. Yeah. And musicians. So I think if there are artists out there, it truly is uh, valuable, even though our society can't still struggles to value it monetarily but spiritually psychologically um it is a really really significant component which we've always known but when and i and i think that's why the always. Anyway, i was going to make a joke about when i tried academy and i realized i tapped into the source of all the record albums that i saw <laughs> it was like oh wow i remember that <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's actually, that's an interesting thought, though. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because everyone was using everything back then. 100%. They were trying everything. So, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> it felt like, oh, yeah, man. No, I remember seeing that album. <laughs> that's where it came that's from. That's <laughs> where it came from all this time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I appreciate music and sound. Um, but I, I appreciate it even more now. If that was possible, I appreciate it so much more now. And the musicians yeah. that were doing live music were actually on ayahuasca too. So, so that was even a more interesting experience because they weren't like separate or whatever. They were completely, we were all in this thing together. And so that was so cool. Like I said, I haven't experienced that. And I don't know if everyone who does ayahuasca has music or even live music or people who were on ayahuasca doing it. So um, it was, it was huge. So I think that there's real promise for that in the future. Um, and I think the like less we judge it and the more we try to yeah. seek understanding um, together. Um, I think that there's a huge future for that, but um, anyway, I hope so. I hope to. And lastly, holotrophic breathwork. If you don't breath want to work. use anything, that Stanislav Grof holotrophic breathing is equally as powerful, and it's yeah. just your breath. Okay, and, and, and music. I and music again, but it's that breath. It's good support, excellent facilitators, and it'll it'll blow your mind as well so Seriously. it doesn't have to be a substance no and i want to tell people too at uh rhythmia which is where i did mine we did both we did I ayahuasca oh. and we did breath work nice. and some people had their like big moments during the breath work not yeah. even during the I I ayahuasca for me i was really ready to do it so my yeah. breakthrough was in the aya but um, I, I also had breakthroughs in breathwork and I've been doing breathwork for a very, very long time now. So, cool. wow. so I'm a huge proponent of that hundred percent. So <laughs> people will see more of that for me, but anyway, um, Steven, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. It was so great to see you. Um, Likewise. we wish you all the best in your recovery and healing and mm -hmm. with your new relationship, which I'm really excited <laughs> about for you. <laughs> you Thanks for joining. Happy holidays. Happy new year, everyone. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>